Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is the one and only Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports, the Cyclone Insider. And I am over the moon to be alongside him tonight because in just a couple days, I will be in person in the beautiful state of Iowa to watch my beloved Iowa State Cyclones take on the 20th ranked Kansas State Wildcats at Jack Trice Stadium, all because of the man across the screen from me. So, Nick, I'm fired up to continue the fall football tour. How are you doing tonight, my brother? I'm hoping this is the stop you've been looking forward to the most. I believe it is. But... I'm doing pretty well, catching up on some sleep, headed into a massive weekend for obviously the Cyclones, the Bears, and of course, having a lot of my family here together in central Iowa. You know, now thousands of people know about it, quite honestly, as I shared it today. So it's going to be a great weekend. I'm, I'm excited, bro. Nick, there's absolutely nothing better in my mind than a win at Soldier Field. but. I am most excited about my trek to Ames because it will be my first game in attendance at the Jack, making two appearances in Ames in a calendar year. You got to put that on the record, folks. I make the trek as much as I can, and I couldn't be more juiced up for a full weekend of football as we look ahead to week five for our beloved Chicago Bears. And there are a few whispers out there that we'll be tailgating together a little bit before the game. The rumblings have started, Nick. Other Iowa State fans have been cluing in on the rumors, and they cannot wrap their heads around these two brothers tearing up the parking lots outside of Jack Trice Stadium and tossing the pigskin around several hours before we hit an under-the-lights matchup between two Big 12 powerhouses. So I am fired up like you wouldn't believe. Folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, just up. All right, Nick, our loyal listeners are well aware of my excitement for the weekend. And all things Cyclones, as they look to continue their winning record, whereas our Bears sit at a measly 2-2 two and two after an abysmal loss to the New York football Giants at the Meadowlands Sunday afternoon. I am disgusted with how the Bears played on Sunday. There are no two ways about it. You have to give credit to the New York Giants in their run game. I specifically said last week that was going to be the key for this Bears team. They have to stop Saquon Barkley and even Daniel Jones. And they failed at both of those tasks. Daniel Jones waltzing in the end zone for two touchdowns on a play-action rollout. and. 
the Giants were able to get in the red zone numerous times because of long runs in the outside zone from Saquon Barkley. He's a patient runner. He waits for the blocking to come and explodes through the second level. I detailed it last week, and the Bears clearly did not pay attention, and they lost in a brutal fashion because of a muffed punt from the rookie Valus Jones. Have to clean it up. They had an opportunity to tie the game with plenty of time left on the clock and fell 20-12, to 12, somehow managing to not reach the end zone once throughout the game. Yeah, I think, you know, the obvious emotions aside, that's fairly accurate. You, you definitely get some credit in kind of calling out you know, what the Bears needed to look out for and not allow. Obviously, they did. It's not shocking to me because you know what I think of a healthy Saquon Barkley, the best running back in the league, in my humble opinion. Uh, I Although the more I've looked at numbers, and I can't say I rewatched the whole game, but, you know, looked at some things again. Yeah, the loss is disappointing. And it's especially disappointing because it was another winnable game, as we say often. But, you know, you called two and two measly. I don't think it's that far out of the ordinary for this roster. And are there continued things to clean up? Absolutely. But I remember you even tweeting about it before I could fully tune in. Justin Fields did some good things. And I'm happy that Jones is is even active now. You know, it's not acceptable to fumble that. But first game. And we'll, we'll be fully honest here, as we are on this show, the Bears were not going to tie it there. So, you know, it's not on him. It's disappointing because the Giants, I mean, they've got a little better roster maybe just because of a couple weapons. I don't know, actually. Further, I think about it, it was at their place. But to me, that's the most disappointing thing because it was so winnable and three and one does sound much better. I got to give you that. But then again, you know, Bears are two and two going into Minnesota, as I know we'll get to. They're three and one, a team I'm really high on. And I believe the Bears are only six and a half or seven point dogs on the road against a much, much better roster. I think they are starting to get a little bit of respect. And, and I do feel that that's going to continue to build, bro. Two and two is not great, but I'm just saying there are a couple reasons for optimism. Nick, I'll tell you what's even uglier than two and two, and that's two and three. And that's what we're looking down the barrel at right now uh, with the Vikings coming up here on Sunday afternoon. I will absolutely recognize the fact that Justin Fields looked very sharp in the early going of this game. We saw that 56-yard connection to Darnell Mooney. That got me extremely excited because we finally saw them solidify that connection that they had seemingly all of last season where has it been the first three weeks i'm not sure but they were able to make positive plays down the field together and that needs to continue throughout the course of this season whether the bears are winning games or not were the bears going to tie it on that punt return and eventual drive. We don't know. 
but Valus Jones Jr., yes, he is a rookie. He's played a lot of football in his life. He's right around your age, and he's a rookie in this NFL. Coming off of several extensions to his college career at Tennessee. It's not an excusable mistake. It does happen far too often in the NFL, and it needs to be nipped in the bud right away because this is a guy that is supposed to be heavily involved in our offense, and they were ready to plug him in right away as the punt returner. So that says a lot about how high this Bears brass values him. And it's going to be a memorable mistake for him. And I know he'll move forward from it rapidly. Yeah, I agree. And again, I wasn't trying to excuse it more so just kind of pointing to the context and the fact that I didn't think they were going to get anything cooking late. I also want to get, I will defend a little bit, the Fields and Mooney connection or, or lack thereof early on. I do think that he was helped, even though one of my favorite players, Allen Robinson, didn't do much in terms of statistics last year. Often he had more attention than Mooney. I do think that helped. Mooney's the guy now. Am I starting him in fantasy like I was? No, but I'm also not fully giving up on that connection either. You can hit some pass plays against the Vikings. So I'm, I'm really interested to see kind of how that goes down this weekend. Uh, but like I said, I still think there are plenty of positives to take. I loved fields in that first quarter and a half, two quarters. And it's only up from here. And, and sitting at two and two through four, most people probably would have had the Bears at one and three. Nick, I think we both drafted Darnell Mooney in several leagues in terms of fantasy this year. And if you did end up starting him this past week, you actually would have done very well in a PPR league. I think he had over 13 points and could have pushed you over the edge in some matchups if you had to start him. But my final thoughts on this game, and it's pretty simple, and most football fans know this if they watch every Sunday. It is impossible, and I mean impossible, to win football games in the National Football League without reaching the end zone. You need to score touchdowns in this high-powered, offensive-minded league in today's day and age. Did Justin Fields look good early? Yes. But could they execute down the stretch? Absolutely not. You got to give Michael Badgley the gold star. He comes off the street on Saturday. And Sunday, he knocks through four kicks and accounts for all the Bears points. He was the only form of offense for this Bears team through four quarters on Sunday. Yes, Darnell Mooney had some flash plays. That doesn't mean anything if points are not produced. I want to continue supporting Justin Fields. He had, again, flashes of success. But those drives are meaningless if you're not punching through for six points and putting yourself in a position to win football games. 
So I am personally not encouraged heading into Sunday's matchup with the Minnesota Vikings at their house in the dome with a pretty rabid fan base, and they pipe in sound with the skull and the horn. I believe our beloved Chicago Bears are going to struggle on Sunday. Maybe not offensively, because I think there are some pockets to expose on the Minnesota Vikings defense. But we are going up against one of the best wide receivers in the league right now in Justin Jefferson. And I simply do not know who's going to cover him, given that Jalen Johnson is likely out and Kyler Gordon looks like he needs to go back to college for another year. He's really letting people have it. I wonder if (laughs) some of the work stresses are coming out tonight. (laughs) But no, in all all sincerity, it's going to be tough. And, And I think you, yeah, you hit on a lot of good points with Minnesota. Jefferson for probably two, two and a half games this season, or yeah, no, two. Uh, has not been quite the Justin Jefferson that we saw last year. And that happens. You know, he's still young and had some really tough matchups, including, I think, our guy, Darius Slay. But coming off a really good performance, uh, you know, over the pond in London against the Saints, Kirk Cousins found some connections with Adam Thielen. They got a little something going on the ground. I know backup tailback Alexander Madison caught a touchdown pass. Basically I say all that to say they have a lot of weapons. That's nothing new. And again, I think, you know, this, I know friends do I'm, I'm high on the Vikings. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year. So I think they're really good. I don't know about the back end of that defense though. They're, they're kind of old past prime in terms of like a Harrison Smith or some younger corners as well. So you're right. I I do think fields can find some success. I don't think they have as much pass rush talent necessarily as they've had, but I saw a confident team after London and I know he gets a bad rap and Hey, the bears have performed really well against him in Kirk cousins. I was going to touch on, but I still think he's a good player and with time and weapons, he can do just about anything. So it's going to be interesting. If you asked me to pick a side, I would probably take the Bears on the spread, like I mentioned, but it's going to be a really tough challenge. And this is a game I'm just going into just wanting to see a good Fields game. Nick, I think you mentioned something huge there in terms of Kirk Cousins. Yes, he has a great deal of success, especially in the beginning of this season, but a great deal of that success has to be credited to his plethora of weapons. If Justin Jefferson is in double coverage or is taken out of the play, there is another man who has caught an astronomical amount of balls in his NFL career, and that is Adam Thielen, who still has a lot of juice left in the tank. I'm not a fan of really anyone on the Vikings, including Adam Thielen, but a lot of people have written him off in the last couple of years, and he's shown this season that he still has that ability to catch the football in that 8 to 13-yard range and gain a first down for this Vikings team. I think 
without those weapons, Kirk Cousins is a pretty average quarterback in this league. And I believe our defensive line will have an opportunity to get a push and maybe knock down Kirk Cousins a few times. But those weapons that he has around him will likely overpower this Bears defense. And you mentioned that matchup against the New Orleans Saints. It was over the pond in London. The Vikings did look confident, but it ended up being a close football game. Can the Bears keep it that close? I'm not sure. An eight-point loss to the Giants tells me we have no shot against the Minnesota Vikings, but it's a matter of whether they can force Kirk Cousins to make mistakes because they might have a 3-1 and record and they win a lot of football games. But Kirk Cousins is good for at least one turnover each Sunday, and can the Bears turn that into an opportunity to score? They weren't able to do so when Eddie Jackson picked off Daniel Jones this past week and in the week before where Eddie Jackson had an interception in the end zone against Davis Mills. Turnovers are very frequent with this Bears defense, but they have not turned them into points. Yeah, I do think, you know, that the turnover aspect has been a positive for the Bears and specifically one of our favorites in the recent few years in Eddie Jackson. It's crazy to think this is his sixth year in the NFL. That's actually a little bit insane, as you say. But, you know, that's exciting. And I think the defense fights. I mean, what was the final last week? 20 to 12? Like 20 points in the NFL is not terrible at all. I know that the Giants aren't the most potent offense. But, you know, overall, I'm not going to, you know, get too down on this team. They've had some bad quarters, but I say as long as they make it a game and Justin Fields, you know, I'd love to see a couple touchdown passes and hopefully not a turnover. We keep building because I'm I'm an optimist, but I also realize there weren't a ton of high expectations coming into this year. And so far, I wouldn't say they've dropped anything that they should have won. Nick, I think you're absolutely correct in terms of the Bears' losses right now, I certainly think they could be 3-1 and one going into this matchup against the Vikings and then likely drop to 3-2. and two. But the reality of it is we're at an even 500 right now. I don't feel confident that the Bears will pull off a victory against the Vikings. But then there's a great opportunity in primetime on Thursday night against the Washington Commanders looking on to week six that they could redeem themselves. And I am confident that they will cross the threshold and earn a victory in that game. But looking at this one here, I want to give my defensive bowl prediction and hear your thoughts and maybe bounce yours off of me as well. Going along with the theme of turnovers, I truly see an opportunity for Bojack Eddie Jackson to earn his fourth interception in five games because he has been the most consistent and dominant member of our secondary this season, along with Jaquan Brisker. 
the Bears will just have to turn that into six points on the back end. I like that a lot. You know, it's starting to be kind of Pro Bowl type numbers as the season progresses, which isn't shocking, kind of the way he started his career and how good he was in college. I'm going to say offensively, bold prediction, and I'm going to keep throwing this stuff out there until I see it. Justin Fields, 250 total yards, two scores, no turnovers. I need to see that. And I think this is a defense that you can do it against. It can be combined, obviously, passing and rushing. Don't even care how they get in, but as you mentioned, need to score touchdowns, man. Nick, I might sound like a broken record here. And you talk about 250-plus yards and two touchdowns. If the Bears are even able to reach the end zone twice, you better believe they have at least that many yards as I see us starting a lot of drives on our own 25 and having to go the distance if we want to keep it a close matchup. So I have a very similar scoring outcome based upon your prediction offensively. And as far as my offensive bowl prediction goes, it's sad that what I'm about to say has to be considered bold at this point in the season, especially considering he's the number one receiving option on this team. But all I am calling out right now is a Darnell Mooney touchdown reception. It should not be as bold as it is, but this is where we sit right now. And I need to see number 11 in the end zone with the ball in his hands coming down with two feet. Yeah, that is a little bit crazy how bold that sounds, honestly. Um, although he didn't have a ton last year, even when he got a lot of catches and yards. It's tough with this offense. It is. Um, but I just looked at the over-under, and so my score is actually going a little over. Uh, I, I do think we see some good things from the Bears' offense. Montgomery, I would guess, probably doesn't play. I know he didn't practice today either when we're recording this. There's a chance, though. Um, but either way, I mean, Khalil Herbert's more than capable. I could see Cole Komet getting into some action this week, too. But I will be honest, they, they probably don't win this game. I'll say 27 to 21, Minnesota. Nick, we've got the winning team with an identical score, but my confidence in the Chicago Bears offense is a little less than yours. I have got the home team Vikes winning 27 to a Bears 17. Justin Fields does convert two touchdowns, but does not put his team in a position to win the football game up north in Minneapolis. I guess I've got to give you some credit. You know, I missed, I kind of missed the days you would just pick the Bears to win every game. I still think there's some inflated optimism at times, which again, I love. But I think that's fair. I mean, you kind of just have to hope for turnovers and, you know, maybe a long week after uh, going overseas for the Vikings. 
geez, 10 points. That, that wouldn't be great. But, I mean, I get it. The Vikings have a really good roster. And, again, the NFC does not seem to have that many great teams. So, we'll see what happens. I know that I'm certainly excited to watch it, though. There's nothing more exciting to me in this world than waking up on a Sunday morning and knowing that my beloved Chicago Bears are setting up to play a football game. So do not get me wrong, folks. I will be over the moon once kickoff arrives on Sunday afternoon. But we just lost to the New York Giants by a touchdown, Nick. So 10 points is not that crazy against a 3-1 and Minnesota Vikings team, especially considering that you have them sitting pretty in the Super Bowl come February, and I have predicted them as the NFC North champions over the Green Bay Packers. So am I excited about the Bears game? Most definitely. But I am equally as excited for the festivities in Ames, Iowa, all weekend long. Catch us at the tailgates, folks. And root on the beloved Iowa State Cyclones in a ranked matchup against the K-State Wildcats, who are hot right now. Yeah, I hope you're even more excited for that aspect. But, you know, I'm going to be seeing you in person very soon. It's going to be great fun. That invite is still out there if you want to watch the Bears with me here in Iowa. Otherwise, great weekend ahead, partner. Nick, this one has been circled on my calendar for many a month, and we are going to have an astronomical amount of fun in the beautiful Midwestern state known as Iowa. So, folks, thank you for tuning in. And as always, Jim Sop! Bear Down Forever.